Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis, Jamie and Travis present. Yeah, maybe that offers them. I mean, for me, I instantly think that it offers them five seconds of more of stability. Like flow of money. Oh yeah, totally. Hopefully. So I like the way that you just made stability. Like, let's just break it down. What that means? Flow of money, yeah. which flow is so true. Yeah, like sorry. everybody's like, I want to get stable. I want to have a good foundation. You need a flow of money. Oh uh, yeah, I want to work on my emotional stability. <laughs> oh, you need to go make more money. You just need uh, just a little more money. You need to make more money and not spend it. <laughs> then you will have emotional stability. <laughs> I promise. I'm not sure it translates with emotional stability. I can't. I, it is all the time with me. Yeah. If I can, if I can do that moment where, oh, I made a bunch of money this week, and I, I, I just kept it. <laughs> this is gonna be a good week. I think this is a great week. It's emotional stability in the same way that like. <laughs> Like, we went to China Buffet last night. <laughs> yeah, we oh, did. I was just hearing the before. I love how you guys are like, well, let's not talk about it. And then, like, we just, we're going to just go ahead and talk about it. We're here. Sliding that to the side. Today with Amy Martin. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Um, Amy, uh, I mean, you, you're a musician also, right? Yeah. You're a musician. You were. I once had fantasies of you um, of playing with you, actually. Um, with Jamie Rogers? Yeah. Really? <laughs> third person. Like, third person. Suddenly we slipped into third person. Wow, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I asked. I asked Carly for your phone number once, um, with the thought of maybe I could make that happen, and then I got distracted and oh. never called you. Oh, bummer. <laughs> well, maybe someday in the future. Yeah. Uh, I know we got a band right here. We could just do a band thing. Two right drummers here. and a singer songwriter. No, hey, don't call me a drummer. Oh, I know. Oh, You're, you you contain multitudes. <laughs> You do. You freaking do. Gross. <laughs> um, and, and Amy, you did you work at MTPR when? Do you live in Missoula anymore? <laughs> I, I Where are? Who are you? Because um, okay, well, I hold don't know. No and no. No and no. But so you never of. worked at MTPR. I mean, yeah. Um, okay, I'm getting <laughs> you did confused. A bit. I I I'm a I'm a freelancer who sometimes does news for MTPR. Okay. So you might hear me on MTPR, but that I'm not. I don't work for them. You're not MTPR. in the studio, right? Right. And I do live in Missoula, but not right now. And uh, people maybe most recently have heard your name attached to Threshold, your podcast. Maybe if they've heard it. Oh man, uh, <laughs> it's really awesome, and we want to talk a lot about that. Um, but you were the Thanks. creator, producer, host. Yeah. Uh, oh. and, and Travis. Travis was the amazing the music. musician, yes. And I got to tell yes. you, so last night was International Wildlife Film Festival, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> and I was um, I played a couple clips and talked about them. And there was one where your awesome little thing comes on, and uh, it was like uh-huh. fading out. And I was like, okay, let's all just take a minute and appreciate <laughs> the wonder of Travis <laughs> oh, Yost. No. And everybody <laughs> cheered like, like spontaneously, Yay. big like. And then Jesus. I was like, Travis, will you please stand up? Were, oh, yeah, he didn't come. Oh, you were in, you were in a... <laughs> no, sorry. No, no, no I'm just we were, totally kidding. We were in the middle of something else. Yeah. Uh, no, the... Uh, uh, that's good. You were, yeah. you were with my people. They, uh, yeah. Uh, filmmakers with no money. Those <laughs> yeah. are my people. Yeah, uh, I gotta they love you. The, the music, and it's both of you guys together, though, and the way you use the music, that, like, so... Carly was like, well, you have to listen to Threshold now. When we t- I told her we were going to talk to you. You just made my day that and Carly I, listens to Threshold. She loves it. She loved it. And I said, and she got a little annoyed at me. I said, like, is it, like, heavy? <laughs> and, like, you Are know, you going to talk about like, pizza and China buffet a lot? Like, is it gonna be, <laughs> no. Is it going to be a real podcast? Yeah, or is it going to be? That's kind of how I was yeah. like, is it going to, like, make me bummed out? And she was like, 
it's about important stuff, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up. And, no, Whoops. but I, but I, from the from the first episode, uh, the tone of it is like such a I don't know. You're you're walking like a very thin line of it's it's. I mean, it's a very sober topic. I, I mean, for most people, I think, but it never feels um, like holier than now or or bogged down it's oh, it's like really fresh and light where it can be and the music has a big part of that yeah um but i don't know you i think it's also in your voice like your attitude is not uh i don't know you're just telling a story and it doesn't it it wasn't like this heavy-handed this is here are the issues i'm um, so glad to hear that it's like kind of pastoral in mm. a way uh and i really it was really well done i thought it was thank awesome thank you that's like Honestly, one of the best compliments I've heard. I really appreciate Thank that. Thank I thought it was a pretty good one. Right up, right <laughs> also, up until now. I felt pretty good. <laughs> I compliment it. your compliment. Um, no, seriously, because I feel like the, um, you know, that's one of the problems with environmental journalism in particular, I think, is that, and that's why I think so many people who aren't, who might be open to learning about some environmental thing, but aren't necessarily like fully, fully in that camp. Like they get turned off and I frankly get turned off because yeah. it's, when it's like somebody who's like, there's just this attitude of like intense, um, knowingness combined with like, everything is horrible. And it's just like, totally. even if that's true, like nobody wants to listen to that. And it's, and you know, I think that's so, yeah, it is, it is something that happens with environmental journalism in particular. And I was talking about this over the holidays after Trump got elected, uh, when all we did was talk about stuff like this. And, and me and, me and my mother-in-law, me and my mother-in-law were talking about like how, you know, how do you have this conversation with people who like just shit shit differently than you do? And we talked. We we're talking about global warming, and I started to think, like, man, like one of the symbols of global warming has become the polar bears, mm-hmm. right? So climate change, the ice cap is melting, polar bears are dying, they don't have anywhere to walk, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, man, that has become sort of this iconic image of climate change. Who the fuck, if you live in the Bronx? You don't fucking care about polar bears. Yeah, it's so abstract. You know, but I think so much journalism is. It, this, so many of these stories are told from the perspective you care about polar bears. Right. Assuming you care about polar bears. Right. Which really is is a metaphor. Unless you're a scientist, is can only be appreciated in metaphor. Right. 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 Uh, and it's that like that gets lost in translation, and it ends up feeling just like righteous. Yeah, I I totally agree. You know? I totally agree. So yeah, you. I mean, you guys. It, it was really awesome. Well, thanks. It was thanks. Very cool. Oh, uh, okay, but we'll get we'll get back to that. Uh, uh, why are you not, I, Why are you not living here? So I got a. <laughs> why so, isn't the whole world living in the zoo? So accusatory. <laughs> awesome. I uh, I will answer that, but I just I'm so it's so great to be back for a few days and just listening to that to the the, the episode a minute ago where you guys were doing like this deep dive into the good food store, uh, oh. you know checkout. I was oh, like yeah, only yeah. oh like I love listening to a show where literally there are like fifty thousand people who have any idea what that means oh, yeah. and yeah. twenty five of the thousand of them. Maybe That's our don't. goal. And we're it, we're, we're creating. In a <laughs> fictional village called Missoula. It's like a deep, deep cut. And I, know. and I knew exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. As, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we're playing to one audience. <laughs> well, it might be me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just loving being back. Missoula is 
I knew I loved Missoula, but being away from it really makes me love Missoula. Um, so, but to answer your question, I uh, I got an environmental journalism fellowship at CU Boulder for the year. Cool. So you're in Boulder. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yes, it is. You think so too? <laughs> oh yeah. My mom lived there. The man. weather's that is a great. Harsh yeah. town. There's nice. It's yeah. a harsh town. It's intense. Yeah. It's um. It's really just too many damn people. Oh, there's great sushi. <laughs> But there's just too many damn people. There's two things. I know. Too many people. The weather's surprisingly great. Like for being, like for, it's not a hard winter. No, it's not. I mean, it's almost too great. And I think that's part of the problem with it is it's like makes everybody, man. Everybody's gonna hate me. Here's this, but I feel like it makes people like everyone like, there already soft. hates you. Anyway. Yeah, they do. I don't. <laughs> I don't know anyone. That's how it works. That's how it works in places like Boulder. They hate yeah, you. yeah. Whoops. Oh. And they, they also don't know me because I've spent almost no time outside of my house working on threshold. So, um, but yeah, I feel like it's like it. It feels like one of those places where there's no edge you know in the sense that you, you you know yeah you have always sunny days and then but then you still get snow you can go up and do your snow thing mm-hmm. but it's not too cold and it's just like i feel it's made me really appreciate the fact that yeah sometimes we have like three weeks of gray skies yeah. and we have to persevere you know what yeah. I mean? sometimes we have dangerous pollution which yes. is also awesome about Missoula. <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, but I do feel like I, I mean, Boulder's so wealthy, and yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just designed to be comfortable for wealthy people, and that is boring. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, I sometimes I think like I hate Bozeman. I, I don't like saying, yeah. Bozeman, and I always think like, what's really the difference between Missoula and Bozeman? And it is like an edge. There's like a I don't know. There's different I'm, kinds of people in Missoula. It's emotional basically. stability through money. Yeah. Which right. causes people to be boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're mm-hmm. good and unstable. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like if a dollar was floating in the wind across the street, I will run into traffic for it. Oh, absolutely. That is my edge. Right. Yeah. That's ah, awesome. I need that. And that's need excitement, that. man. Yeah. Watching right. that happen. And there's somebody mm-hmm. who already has a dollar. Let's go blow a dollar across the street. <laughs> watch, watch me. <laughs> watch me play Frogger in the street. Uh, and then there's the person with the dollar standing on the other side of the street. It's like, what is that guy doing? Yeah. Right. Ugh, he's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, this is three quarters of a burrito. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> or apparently at Costco, more than three quarters of a hot dog. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> two thirds of a hot dog. If we do and beverage, I love. I'm glad you listened to it, and I'm hoping that you listen to two more. Oh, I think I'll listen and to then, many more. I then, sincerely then, enjoyed it. And then start firing off emails to us. We'll read your emails on on the show. What kind of, What kind of emails do you want to get? Like, like <laughs> we'll like, send them. We'll send them to you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> You'll type them up. Yeah, we'll tell you. What <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Just sign it. Um, Dear uh, Travis, good fall uh, hot. It was so amazing. So amazing. Uh, so awesome. you, you were, this fellowship was to create Threshold? Well, I was already working on... Oh, you're on, working on season two. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, I was finishing season one. So I was already working on Threshold, but the way the fellowship works is you apply, like, they mainly are are taking people based on what you've already done in the past, but then they do want you to propose a project. So I was like, well, I'm already doing this thing. Sounds like a sweet deal. It is a sweet deal. Because then you could also just be like, I don't have any ideas this year, but I still did this cool thing. Yeah, so exactly. I'm not like doing anything wrong. You, and honestly, if, if, I hadn't done, if I hadn't done anything on my project, they would have been fine with it. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And, but you take classes and you like, we have a weekly seminar where we learn cool shit and yeah, oh, yeah. it's awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and it's, is it running? Are you coming? What, what's next? I have like three weeks left. Oh, it's and really almost done. It's really almost done. And then I don't know. I don't think you know this. I'm looking at Travis. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm trying to skip to the part where I'm hired. <laughs> I want you to know you're the only <laughs> the only paid person on Threshold. Oh, Whoa. don't tell anybody that. <laughs> you charged her? Fuck no. yes. <laughs> he charged me in the sense that I was like, I feel like I really want to pay you for this. He's like, yeah, you can if you want. It'd be great. Well, whatever. That was a bit on of charging See? that happened. See? Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. There was a heavy <laughs> wink. You can if you want. <laughs> oh, come on, artist. I'm bigger than you. You're an artist. I know. You know what this feels like. No. Yes, I do. Uh, no, what do I not know? Sorry. Um, so I I am in the process of trying to figure out if I... No, let me say that again. This is what's happening. It's not what's maybe going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to spend the whole summer in the Arctic uh, reporting for season two. Whoa. Holy shit. Making your polar bear comment extremely relevant. And oh, that, really? Yeah, because <gasps> that's... Ex- fun. <laughs> you like read my mind because what other giant land mammals are there? Polar bears. Go. <laughs> Sorry, they're really not land mammals. No, no, they're yeah. sea and ice mammals. They're, swimming. they're ice Love mammals. Swimming. Yeah. Ice mammals. Hence the problem with climate change. Yeah, <laughs> with the lack of ice. I've yeah. seen Planet Earth One. Um, I cried a lot. Okay, come on, shut up. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Or no. Something? Both of you stop <laughs> talking at the same time. Okay? I want to ask questions. So I haven't seen Amy in like okay. a year. What are you what are you doing the Arctic? <laughs> oh. No, you're fine. Okay. I thought Travis He's just keen. got mad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do we get to like you take can, the mic Yeah, if you have to pee, just do it. We'll cover you. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I want to, I mean, exactly what you were talking about is I want to try and tell really human-centered stories from the Arctic. Like, I want to, I'm going to try to go to all eight, all eight Arctic countries. And Whoa, what are the eight Arctic countries? Yeah, this is a fun little trivia fact. Can we, can we play it as a yeah, trivia game? Yeah, absolutely. What are the eight Arctic countries, Travis? Canada. Okay. Russia. America. Uh, Norway. Scandinavia. That Scandinavia is not a country. Sorry, uh, not uh, Norway. Calm down, calm down. <laughs> North Korea. Finland. Is North Korea? Finland. <laughs> Green, yes. Greenland. That was a yes, uh, and that was a no. Uh. Greenland. Yeah, Greenland. Iceland. No. No. Oh yeah. Iceland. You forgot one. Uh, it's got to be one near Norway. Yeah, that's the. Uh, that's what I wanted to say. Uh. You almost just said it. Yes. Yeah. Svalbard? That is an island <laughs> off of Norway, which I hope to go to. Oh, come on. <laughs> Starts with an S. Yes. Saskatchewan. The- <laughs> so much. Province of Samsonite. Think- it sucks. Think, think about the Muppet Show. This is so dumb. Oh, it's Sweden. Yes. Oh, God. Sweden. <laughs> and that's where I'm going first. I'm going to Sweden on May 9th. Fuck. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So and then hopefully I will just not come home the whole summer. And you'll and then you'll, know this, you'll never see this, the sunset this summer. Well, event, I mean, when I'm there, when I first get there, it'll still be... Dark. It'll be some dark. But yeah, eventually I'll just be like... Oh, well, just, I know. The sun midnight just sun, tickles the, uh, the horizon. <laughs> I know. Oh, you're gonna, it's going to be a nightmare. No. Have you been there? No, but I've been... The way you just described that. <laughs> um, a true no, sun I've been tickling. North, in North America. And mm. that thing where uh, I need it to get dark. Oh, yeah. I think and I'll I, be crazy. Yeah, I'll be insane. I need to get dark, too. Right. But so... But uh, it'll be quiet. Sweden. There are polar bears in Sweden. No, I'm just joking. Um, uh, what, what's, what is the... What, so uh, can you talk about... Is the subject matter not directly polar bears? What's the... Well, I mean, I, I feel like kind of like with the bison thing, like I know... 
it's like, okay, I know bison are important. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go out and report the shit out of it for as long as I can and then figure out what the story is. And it's like, well, I know that obviously the Arctic is crucially important right now. I mean, everything everything that we need to be paying attention to is already has already been happening there for decades. So it's not like nobody's up there like, hmm, I wonder if climate change is real. <laughs> it's like they're watching their houses fall apart as the permafrost thaws, thaws out beneath them, you know? Right. And oh. so I want to just like, just go meet people. I want it to be very, very human-centered. I want people, like I feel like almost every Arctic story starts with here's this chunk of ice or here's this polar bear. And um, I mean, I'm interested in that, but I feel like I want to start with like, here's Joe, uh, you know, here's... New nook, yeah, <laughs> and, yes. and here's and here's their life, and and you know maybe they're trying to fish, or you know there's um, a whole bunch of stuff with birds, or caribou, or reindeer, or maybe they work in the oil fields, or they want to, or yeah. they feel like they have to, even though it's screwing over their community, or what you know, just totally. like human stories. Great. So how that do you? So great. How are you? I mean, you're going to eight countries. So how are you going to be there? Well, hopefully, I gotta quit saying this. I'm trying to make this happen by acting like it's not tentative. Um, I think you're leaving in like a couple weeks. I'm definitely leaving. The (laughs) question is, I'm definitely leaving. The question is, am I gonna have to come back sooner than I want to? Oh, you want it to just um, go to emotional flow. Exactly. I need a lot of stability and logistical flow. Yes. (laughs) Lots of stability. Emotional and logistical. I need about a hundred thousand dollars of stability. Oh, really? Uh Of like. You got any? No. Like, is that for food? <laughs> I have a big food budget. What do you? What do you? What do you I mean, that, I'm I'm sort of serious. I'm sort of joking. No, no, it's a good also, question. Like, I'm totally fine talking about money. Because you'd think I sort of imagine you sort of like our setup. Like you have a microphone and some headphones. Right. Yeah. And sort of yeah some granola bars right that's all true where does the money in it like where what is the most expensive part of creating threshold I plane guess. tickets well plane I'm, tickets yeah i mean in this case it's just going to be so different from season one that i don't even know if i can answer that because i don't oh, I, right. you know i don't have like enough to say like over time what's the most expensive but in this it's gonna i mean it's just it's just gonna be really expensive to be i mean i want to go to some really remote places and getting there on i mean i was actually making my budget and i'm like this is so cool i have a transportation budget for land sea and air (laughs) is it divided like that oh that's awesome (laughs) awesome. (laughs) and you know and uh i want to bring um I want to. I want to try to bring some of my team with me, um, if possible, and I also. Um, uh, I mean, I want to be able to when when something comes up where it's like, do you want to go spend three weeks tracking down this weird story about tigers in Siberia right. or whatever that I can do it. Yep. You know what I mean? And so I mean, and then part of that money too is is to, to pay for the time when I get home to actually get the production done. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, insurance, and I need, I, I have to bring duplicate gear of everything, and I want to, oh, because if anything breaks and I'm in the Arctic, I can't, yeah, you know, so I have to bring two of everything and probably three of a couple of things, um, <sighs> and <laughs> that's why we do the podcast at the kitchen table. Yeah, we we had originally talked about like let's go to other people's houses, and instantly we did one. I was like, no. Yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Oh, I'll just sit here. Yeah. This is perfect. Well, I know. I could bring my budget down. Like, we could just get some, like, wind machines and maybe, like, a, a we'll random... Oh, just do it here. Yeah. Oh, we could just watch like... Planet Earth 2 and then report on it. Yes. Basically. Here... Wait, we're already doing that. We're already going to do this. It's like Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But... Well, that would be fun. Yeah. Oh. For you. Oh, the nerdiest thing ever is three heads sitting watching Planet Earth. Three shadows. That would be so fun. <laughs> Uh, I guess we're already. I think we would be really good at I that. I guess we're already I think, doing that. I, I think 
it would be amusing to everyone at this table and no one else. You know what was oh, so stupid about yeah. the first one was was the American version. Did you notice the American version? I don't remember if it was Oprah Winfrey or Sigourney Weaver did the voiceover narrated the American version. Oh, they didn't. As have... if we don't understand David Attenborough. <laughs> It's very complicated. Who is, like, who the fuck doesn't want to listen to that dude? Yeah, absolutely. Narrate nature shows. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he he's is... the only guy. Yeah, he is the, he is the narrator. And somehow we couldn't understand... There was, like, an Amer- as if, like, because they're spelling it right. differently. They're spelling right. some words differently. They yeah, they're putting you in color. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's really I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if it did it with the second one. The first one, for sure. Uh, uh, I have a non-sequitur question. Yeah, yeah we were all experts. <laughs> Is, does this have to do this? I'm looking at ENTJ. You know, oh, you need to go listen to episode Personality 15. Test. Oh, well, I wondered if it had to do with... Yeah, we, okay. Do you so, know what you are? No, I've never taken it. Oh, my God. See, I had never taken it. I avoid that kind of... Yeah, I'm I already, test. I'm super analytical as it is. <laughs> so to have a thing pop up on the screen that's like, t- like almost horoscope-like, mm-hmm. telling me that I'm blah, blah, blah. So he forced me to take it, which made Bridget mad because Bridget's been trying forever. Mm. And, then, and, and then your boyfriend got you to take it. Yep. <laughs> your Love girlfriend her. couldn't. Love her. Uh, and then uh, when and then we immediately sat at this table and accused each other of what was correct. Gotcha. For an episode. Yeah. Interesting. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I. I thought it was that, but I couldn't. I wasn't. And now I understand the percentages. Like. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty spot. It's pretty useful. I yeah. highly recommend it. Yeah. What are you? I'm an ENFP. <laughs> Extrovert. Extroverted, intuitive, feeling, perceiving. Okay. Yeah. I. Which is kind of like the best combination of characteristics. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You gotta have. Just according to everything I've read about. It. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have the J. Experts. You gotta have the J for the judging, judging, which is me. Which turns out to be a big part of, uh, I guess, learning that you're supposed to try to improve upon that. Maybe have more empathy. But I used it as more of a merit badge of, mm. yeah, that's who I am. Judgment. I, I is, judge the shit out of the, every situation. Judgment is is put on an opposite end of spectrum as as empathy. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, to no, me. I'd say empathy. Uh, he just <sighs> empathy is not one. Gotcha. Okay. I would say no. It's not. No, I'm saying. I'm saying to be less judgmental is to have more empathy. Oh, that's interesting. I'm not not sure if I agree with that, but it's an interesting thought. Well, (laughs) well, we'll edit that out because I am never wrong. (laughs) I'm just trying to think about it. I mean, I'm not saying I don't sign on to it. I'm just not. I'm not. My problem. I I think if you if you're saying that judging you you are judgmental because of your inability to see things from other people's perspectives, which is not true. Well, it makes the joke fun. You're not. Yes, you're right. You're not incapable. You choose not to. No, I use the empathy, and I and I say, well, yes. I understand where you're coming from, and you are wrong. <laughs> is this is the trick to it? That's just what Carly says. <laughs> what Carly says. <laughs> I understand what you think. Oh she says about herself or about about, her, about herself because oh. well, I predicted Travis because Carly's an INTJ. Ah, <laughs> so you have chemistry with this kind of personality type. Yeah, ANFPs and INTJs are meant well. to be together, and it's because of how unsociable. Uh, people of Travis and Carly's personality types are. They need people like me 
to help them function <laughs> oh, uh, in society. Awesome. That's so funny because no, Carly, need- <laughs> Carly can put it on. I mean, in terms of, I mean, I always, when, when she was doing, so I absolutely loved her as my hair yeah, person. Yeah, she loved you too. And she, you know, like one of the things that was cool about her was that like you actually felt like she I mean, we just talked, like we actually talked as people and I didn't feel like she was putting on the like, how you been? But then I always knew, that I always wondered, of it. like, is she just so good at it that I don't even know that she's doing the she persona? She is that good at it because a part of her personality <laughs> test is that anything she tries, she becomes a fucking expert in, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fact. I can, yeah, uh, that, that matches. But I think the only way she could be a hairstylist for as long as she was, was because of for every, you know, regular service industry customer there was an actual friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, she wasn't putting it on, but yeah, she sure can. But she, yeah, but you know, knowing that she can, it always makes you wonder if she is. Because because if I were if I were her, I would be like faking it almost all the time. And so it was like, I feel like we're having a real connection, you but maybe you say, are just like Amy really good at snowing. Is stopping so vulnerable. <laughs> That's what she would say. Oh, God, that was literally what I was just thinking. <laughs> You're like super uncomfortable. Whatever, Travis Yost. I was thinking as I was, uh, you know, trying to pull myself together to come over here this morning uh, that I have seen you cry more than almost any other man. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you cry many, like multiple times. I keep it on the verge. Three moments. I I can, I I openly cry. I openly, I I can throw up at any time. I didn't know that. I learned that this morning. I have the, like, excavation of fluid is like my specialty from my face. So don't tell me that you don't want to be vulnerable because... Oh, no, I I like being... This is great. (laughs) No. I like being vulnerable because that is, it's still the, uh, it's something to come to grips with through being 30 to 35 was to experience one emotion, you have to experience the opposite emotion. Like you have, like to know what's good, you have to know what's bad. To know what's happy, you know what's sad. Like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the plane crash. Uh, no, yeah, the uh, like, and and I accept that. Yeah, I, I, I like the I like the ex- expression of emotion. You didn't seem you don't seem to me like somebody who just accepts that. You seem like someone who like fully embraces it. Oh sure. Oh you sure. Know? Like, I, I think of like, that as the same. Like some people are kind of like, yeah, okay, I guess I have to like be vulnerable sometimes. But to me, you seem like you're kind of like, bring it. Oh yeah. Well, and that was the therapy of this podcast. That was my thing with this podcast was, okay, we're going to talk about everything, everything. And speaking of podcasts, Caitlin Hoffmeister's podcast is about failures. Mm -hmm. That one's intense. And every time she invites me on, I think this is, this is, that's one vulnerability that I can't explore. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, Oh, it's failure. Like, wait, well, I don't think I have any. (laughs) <laughs> and then when I was when I was going through the ideas of what could I talk about, it's all all of them like center on. Well, there was another person involved, and right. they were it's pretty they, much their fault. They were just as much to blame as I was for that failure. And, yeah, and, and uh, that's like one your, thing I haven't accepted. Like your failures are like I just work so hard. I know. Yeah, it's a job interview. It's yes. a job interview. What are what are your short what are your shortcomings? Well, I'm kind I just, of a perfectionist. I give, I give it my all, and that just ruins my life. 
which may be true, but that's a horrible thing to like try to like use as a positive. Yeah, that's that's silly. But it sounds like that's what you're gonna do on Caitlin's show. Yeah, that's why. I, that's why I haven't done it. It's because mm-hmm. I can't. I can't think of that thing. I can't, and also I want it to be interesting. Mm-hmm. But on her end, the littlest failure, like mm-hmm. like me not being able to make an omelet, is a failure to me because mm-hmm. I love them so much. I would make them every day. <laughs> If I could, and it's the most frustrating thing in the world to me. Like, well, I know how to fry an egg. <laughs> I know how to do ten things with an egg. I can't make this goddamn omelet. <laughs> that is like that gets me. Like, mm. oh, well, I need a special pan. Oh, uh, like how much do you put milk in it? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do. And I'm like watching every chef show about an omelet. That's a literal failure for me. That bugs the shit out of me. And I know that's like oh, that's. Pretty that's a job shallow. Interview failure of me. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty shallow. <laughs> but it's something I think about. I to think where you're not scared of failing the omelet. I think you're scared of failing yourself. Sure. Well, it's a shitty omelet. That sucks. <laughs> Maybe we should leave it there for again. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Maybe we've somebody just dropped enough. some truth on you. All right, who's the omelet expert we have to have on the show? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to do that show, but we will. So you basically, Amy, are. Uh, Preparing for a trip that you have no idea where you're gonna go, how Mm -hmm. long you're gonna be there, right? And is that because so like season one of Threshold for people who don't know was about bison, yeah, or bison, as some people say. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that. What's What's up up with with the Z? I don't know, but people, (laughs) people when they talk about the what is it, North Dakota? Is that the bison, the University of North Dakota? Yeah, yeah. When they play football, all the announcers. Say bison. Yeah, I I think there might be a coastal thing there it's happening. It's very weird. Yeah. Well, North Dakota's not on the coast. No, but I mean, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was assuming the commentators were. Certainly. Oh, you're right. But I feel like they always do it in a way that's like like I don't know, like this kid in fifth grade or so uh, discovered that in the dictionary it says you're supposed to pronounce wh words as hua. uh-huh and yeah that's like, so annoying for the rest of the time i uh-huh. fucking knew him he would say white <laughs> <laughs> and i kind of feel like this is happening Where? with the sports announcers who found out somewhere like somebody was like hey man it's bison i think they're wrong uh, you do yeah you wouldn't maybe know <laughs> i don't i don't know i never actually looked it up but i just know that whenever people said bison it annoyed me and bison? so therefore they are wrong oh it did <laughs> and nice. they were never like important People. No, I think they tended to more be kind of the sports people. Yeah, the you know the button-down shirt types. Yeah, and <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes, you know, and like the people that were actually dealing with animals called them bison, or a lot of them called them buffalo. buffalo. Yeah, I got a really great uh, note from someone who was like, "I really wish I could love your podcast, but you keep saying <laughs> buffalo when it's bison, and I just am so annoyed. Like, it seems like it would be really good, but I can't even like it because you're just so dumb Are about you that." Serious? Yeah. I just was like, being dumb about it. yeah. I mean, it, what was it, what was interesting to me was just like, uh, I mean, that being said, I actually love it when people write, even even and especially when they write critical things. Like, yeah. so kudos to that for having the courage to do that. But the thing that's funny about it is, I mean, almost all the people who really, really know bison, they use the words interchangeably, you right. know, and definitely almost all Native Americans I spoke to use use buffalo primarily, and I feel like. I don't know. It just was so like, 
I'm an expert, and I'm, you know, I was just like, I just don't like when people get people so... People love to be experts. Yeah. I yeah. remember I remember growing up in Montana hearing that, hearing that in schools. What? The, the difference between bison and buffalo, and why we should say bison and not buffalo. Mm-hmm. And Which was? That, uh, it's like, uh, bison are North American bison, and then there's water buffalo. Mm-hmm. That that distinction. Oh. And, I, and I'm like, yes, I get that, but isn't there room for... Uh, I always pronounce this word wrong. <laughs> I'm going to fire this one off. This is another this failure. This could be good for your failure, it's a yeah. horrible failure. Uh, colloquialism. Colloquial- yeah, you did yeah. it. Yeah, and so that's... <laughs> I know what it dude. means. My mouth is dumb. <laughs> uh, and... So why why isn't that why can't we move past that? Right, right. Why is that pseudo intellectual difference? Right. Well, it's especially because it's people like I don't know anything about this animal other than I know I'm supposed to call it a bison, so I'm going to make a really big deal yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's the more scientifically correct term for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, you're but, not going to read in a scientific journal somebody talking about the American buffalo, yeah. but we've been calling them that for like 200 years, and there's a certain. I mean, language language is fluid. You know, language yeah, yeah. doesn't follow. If rules. I say the word buffalo. And I was in yeah. Yellowstone. I communicated the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got, I think it. I got it. Sorry. Exactly. Uh, also, if I was talking about water buffalo, the tone of the story would have been different. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Yellowstone. Yeah, I was in like, water buffalo. <laughs> weird. Yeah. So oh, that's crazy. Weird. That's super weird. <laughs> uh, but so, what I was going to ask, so, you know, that the first season, um, I, I have a lot of questions about the first season. But I am also obsessed with the logistics of your trip coming up. Yeah, me too. This because the first season. So I should be working on you it right were now. Within a day's drive, of so you know if you, whatever something fell through, you could go home and mm-hmm. go back next week. Right. This is like a different. This is totally game. different. Yeah, it's very ambitious, and I might completely crash. But also, there's no other way to do it, right? Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you're going to show up, and you have to chase the story. You yeah. Don't, you don't. I mean. Are, like, what can you even do to prep for this trip? Well, I'm, like, reaching out to every single person I've ever known who's mentioned the Arctic, like, just, you know, in passing. Uh, and, and be like, what do you mean about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and talking to, you know, I'm reading tons of articles and, and, like, following up with, like, oh, this person that was mentioned in this article in The Guardian or whatever, mm-hmm. it seems like they had some interesting thing. Um, I, uh, I guess finding scientific, like, this scientific mm-hmm. community is easier than finding the anecdotal, like dude whose house is collapsing exactly it's way easier so i feel like if i can get some of those things in place and also a lot of the scientists you know a lot of scientists who work in the arctic are really passionate and spend long periods of time up there and care about people even though they might be writing just only probably live in missoula and boulder mostly yeah a lot of them do actually (laughs) it's crazy um and so you know they have connections with people there too so it's just a lot of of like hey who do you know who do you know what should i talk about where should i go kind of thing and um that's so fun it is fun it's exciting it's like hunting yeah it is It's like mushroom hunting yeah yeah but, but at the end you don't have to kill anything mushrooms grow back yeah right mushroom yeah i was thinking like I specifically said mushroom hunting. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. (laughs) Um, Well, that's awesome. I'm super. So, when can we expect season two? Or who knows? I don't know. But so the the goal right now is to try and find like a media partner. Like we're gonna try and get a big big name media partner, which may or may not happen and then we'll just like work our way down the food chain where we would send little um maybe weekly kind of postcards from the experience um basically like spend the summer in the arctic with us yeah and then but then when i get home i mean i've learned from the first season that like the amount of time it takes to just listen to all the tape and start 
because there's there's nine million cool stories. You right. know what I mean? So which ones are the best ones, and how do they fit together? And that's just like a crazy, crazy game and fun game, but it, it takes a while. Totally. Well, I imagine, you know, as you're reporting, I bet sometimes you meet people, and while you're talking to them, you're like, this is it. Mm-hmm. This is the best conversation. And, like, the way the puzzle fits together at the end, you're like, I guess I'm not going to use that. Oh, I can't you, use this. You just completely narrated my experience, so including hard. with those sad eyes, because they were like, <laughs> there were like several people that I was like, "You were awesome." Yeah. And I just can't make it fit. Yeah. yeah. Kills me. That's I can imagine that being super frustrating. Yeah. Uh, but I can also imagine a lot of the reporting on the the Buffalo <laughs> was super frustrating. It's sort of uh, a little bit of a mind fuck. Like Carly and I were talking about this the other day, and <laughs> you hear people. Like the brucellosis thing, for instance, mm-hmm. and for people who don't know, bison are like so controlled now, right? Because they are capable, even though it's never happened in Montana, of transmitting a disease to cattle. It's never happened. It's ever. never happened ever. Anyway, it's happened in a lab. It's never happened but in it's the theoretically field. Theoretically, yes, yes. Uh, elk, on the other hand, do it fair, with some frequency. Yeah, uh, earlier this year. So, like, the conversation is almost becomes this thing, like, well. We sort of killed all of them in like a really, in a way that's like very embarrassing to think. It's like very shameful, mm-hmm. you know, like stories of dudes on just on the back of a train with mm-hmm. like a for fun. gun, just mowing them down yeah. just for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, we killed them all. And now we need to make that make sense. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. thank God we killed them all. I mean, we did it in a really dumb way, Yeah. but thank God, because now all these cows might die. <laughs> And it, so, like, starting from that state, and you sort of, you don't say it in the way I just said it, but you present that conundrum in the first episode, and I can't imagine it was, like, knowing that, I'm sure early on in your reporting, uh, if not before you started reporting about brucellosis, and, like, going into those interviews with an open mind, mm-hmm. and not being like, you're full of shit, dude. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you kidding me? This has never happened before. Yeah, yeah. But, but you did it. Yeah, how, you yeah it? how did you avoid the bias? Uh, well, I mean, I, I guess I think I was sincerely interested. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, it's obvious that the brucellosis thing looks very differently depending on where you're sitting. And so I, but, but from where you're sitting, it still has never happened. Right. No, it, that is not a matter of opinion. That is just a fact. But we, but this, we're talking about opinions. Well, (laughs) sorry, I'm not getting mad at you. I'm getting mad at theoretical dude. I understand. I totally understand. Um, (laughs) I feel you. The, no, I think it's, I mean, I think I'm just, I was just so sick of hearing this issue every year after year in Montana done the same way that, I mean, and I just feel like most people, I really believe most people um, are, are not, evil and they're not operating from a position of like just kind of trying to repeat or or organize their thinking in their lives around something that is utterly nonsensical yeah. even though it might look that way to other people and so i was like well, how does how does how does your position make sense from within your worldview is, is sincerely an interesting thing for me i think i'm starting from maybe the naively optimistic belief that like in there somewhere is um is a logic you know, that's working yeah. for you. So I just want, I really want to understand it. And, and I actually think I do a little bit more now. Um, and I don't think it's about, um, I don't think it's, I think if I try and take myself out from the, the question of like, 
you know, what should the policy be and what do I personally believe, which in some ways does not matter at all. Who cares what I personally believe? Um, And just try to think about it of like, if I were just an alien landing here and like trying to understand this group thinks this and this group thinks that, I think I can kind of understand that. Um, And that to me has value just in trying to get inside of that. And then, and then presenting that, I think that there's, other steps to follow of like, you know, okay, what are the policies we should do? But I don't, I think what keeps happening is we keep skipping from like, I think this, I think this, let's make a policy. And then they just, it's, that's why it's completely stuck. Cause there's not that interim step of like, but how did you get there? You know, because each side is like, you are ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean the rancher community, a lot of them feel like, um, people that are super pro bison are just living in this completely out of touch fantasy land. Like they, they feel like, you know what, this is reality. This is how the world is now. We don't have free roaming bison anymore. Get on, get on, like quit, quit living in your latte drinking, you know, uh, fantasy. And, um, and then I think, you know, people who are really pro bison are just like, why is your reality that, that was, that came here and was imposed on this place? The only reality, like how, how, how could you, how, how do you get to decide for the rest of us? What is fantasy and what is not, you know, I, I think if I was raised in, in one of the, in, in rural Montana, I would totally end up in the same place. Yeah, totally. Well, it's the, it's, and it's in, you know, it's, it's been the way of life for generations, Although not that many generations, yeah. really. But I, sorry, I'm going to be a dick about this. No, no, I uh, think that's a really good point because that's what that gets repeated over and over. It's been this way for four generations. It's been here five, and then you know, I talked to Jermaine White up in the you know Flathead Reservation, and she's like, um, "We've been here for twelve thousand years. Like, yeah. we want to play the generation game. Like, kind of, kind of just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. That's that's tough. But I mean, so. But I do understand, you know, there's this way of life in lots of parts of Montana that's the, the, the beef-raising life. And in lots of parts of Montana, it's threatened. And I cannot begin to imagine what it's like to, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to be somewhere, from somewhere that I, like, identify with. <laughs> uh, but also to, to, you know, have your identity wrapped up in a way of life that's shared by your family and, you know, everyone you've ever known. And also feel no in some part of yourself that it's going to not be a way of life pretty mm-hmm. soon. I mean, a lot of those towns are, are kind of drying up. Mm-hmm. Um, but are people, are the defenders of the cattle, are they saying, we decided to raise beef instead of bison, whatever, generations ago. We've, we're in it. Fixing it is like too big of a deal. Uh, this is the way it is. Or is it that cattle are better somehow for them? Do you know um, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm not sure it's either of those things. I think it's like, I mean, when when most white people came to the West, it was, you know, as the bison were getting killed off, as Native Americans were getting rounded up onto reservations. And so that is the reality that their great-great-grandparents found. Right. And I think... And, and so that's where they start the story and that's what feel. And so then, and then it just feels like this is the way it is. Right. And I think all of us have this bias towards like whatever, whatever is the way it is, is the way it should be. And, and I think that what you said about them feeling under threat, you know, um, 
is a huge factor. If you feel like, if you feel like you're, if you feel like you're completely invisible in the broader community and the broader culture and that, and that you're probably, you could easily just kind of waste away and nobody cares. Then there's even a deeper sense of hanging on to like, that this is the way it is. And, um, and I, so I, I don't think it's, I, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's tricky about it is that there's, there's a way to, to try to figure about figure out how we could do bison restoration that has to do with science and reimagining uses of the landscape yeah. and what is the appropriate use of this landscape and all that and that's just a completely different even paradigm than like where i think some of the res- resistance is coming from which is like we live here it's been this way forever we you know it, it just yeah. isn't about those things yeah well and that's really what you just said also about like feeling invisible and you know like unrepresented in these conversations it's it that just made me think that when we talk about this it's always you know bison or cattle mm-hmm. but in reality it's bison or the people raising the cattle right there's not and that's something threshold does so well is actually connect people to both sides mm-hmm. versus it's always this idea of i mean conservation sort of how it feels or what's what's like a more proactive concert bringing something back mm-hmm. uh and uh an actual like people right in other words like something you have the leisure to think about uh or at least i th- imagine those are like the optics for some people versus like i need to fucking pay my mortgage right right i um, mean and i think the complexity is, is i mean a lot of people who are working on bison restoration are like this is absolutely not a zero-sum game like right, you can totally. have agriculture and you can have more wild bison but i think i think it just gets wrapped up i mean it's 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 part of the culture wars it just gets wrapped up into this whole idea of other ways that people are under threat and um yeah it's it's I mean, I think that so Robbie Magnin, who's the um, head of the Buffalo program for the, or head of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks for, um, no, what is he? He's the head of Fish and Game for the Fort Peck tribes, who I just had such a great time talking to. And I, I feel like he was one of those people who can just sum things up, you know, quickly. And he was like, it's a big political game being played at the expense of the bison. Yeah. And that, and that's, that's what it is. And it's, and it's, and maybe somewhat on both sides, you know, I think it's like, it's, it's just hard to shed what the bison means and just like get down to like, Hey, Montana has like, this the fourth largest state in the country. We've got almost just barely a million people who live here. We might have a little room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, we have like lots yeah. of land that kind of sucks for beef. Mm-hmm. I mean, like most of it. Most. Yeah. Right. And it's pretty good for like one animal. Well, and that's, and all the, yeah, I mean, that's what's crazy about us. I mean, they, they lived here for hundreds of thousands of years before humans even crossed the Bering Strait into North America. Like they know how to make it work here. Can you imagine if you like, you know, were driving towards Mile City and there was like 80,000 buffalo (sighs) on the horizon, how fucking cool that would be. I mean, I really thought about that when I was driving around about like, just because I did so much driving back and forth across Montana, just like it's. It's so empty, actually. I mean, we, yeah. we we have so much wildlife compared to most other states, but really it's so empty. Like, all of this open space is meant to be filled with hundreds of thousands of animals. With herd animals. Yeah. I know. I would just watch Planet Earth, too. Grasslands. <laughs> Narrated by Oprah Winfrey. It, no, David Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, but it did make me think, like, you know, talking about grasslands as an ecosystem, mm-hmm. and they happen to be in Africa with all of those giant herds of animals. Yeah. And that, that's I mean, here. the thing that's brilliant about that show is that they make you think about the ecosystem and, like, why grass grows the way it does and mm-hmm. how, like, water comes seasonally to places like that and how the animals follow that and how it's all connected. And I was like, man, I mean, I know we have one of the largest grass plains in the world here the great plains 
and there's like nothing, none of that happening. I know, I know. And there, there are literally four places in the country left where there's any intact prairie that hasn't been plowed up that that of any size where you could kind of piece together a true native prairie, and and, and one of them is in Montana. Really? Yeah, in in the world. Not and shit. Isn't that? I mean, it's it's amazing how special this place is, you know. But soybeans are good. <laughs> And, and, and barley and wheat, yeah. <laughs> and there's and nowhere else to grow them. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sad, it's a sad argument because it it spans every other argument. Like mm-hmm. it spans our current, like our past election. Our most totally. recent election is that same. When you said the uh, the people that feel left out. Oh yeah, they they came out in droves, and they come out in droves against against buffalo they've come out in droves against many other things like that and that and then the conservation argument has always been centered the same way where it's it's so one-sided it's so well the only way to fix this is x y and z and it's very intense Mm -hmm. like oh well we need to just get rid of like there's that argument is what's ruining the environmental side Mm -hmm. is the like oh we need to get rid of. Let's just get rid of cattle, mm-hmm. and let's just put in wolves and buffalo. Mm-hmm. Right. And while I agree, I could be that extreme. That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. We could get somewhere so much better. Right. We could, we could inch towards the middle as opposed to just deadlocking the argument. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, too bad. Which is funny because at the end of the day, the answer has to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like that. That should. We should just assume that mm-hmm. and understand that the way this will be resolved is through compromise, and necessarily so. We can't not have beef, anymore. right? Right. You know, uh, it's like the gun conversation. No mm. one's saying, you know, right. but we need to not talk about it in absolute terms, right? Uh, but yeah, it's really, it's really tricky. Yeah, we make each other's positions absolute, and then be, then they become ridiculous, and totally. then it's just an excuse to not listen to each other. And, totally. Yeah, you know, I, I just on that whole notion of of not being included, being left out, and how that connects up with the election. I mean, I think one of the things that is important in this, in the bison conversation around that, though, is to understand that feeling like you don't have any power and like you're being left out is different from how things actually are in some cases. And I mean, there've been multiple surveys over a number of years of Montanans and you know, consistently more than 70% of Montanans say they want more wild buffalo in the landscape. And, and yet we don't have them. And yeah. so I, I think that there's a, a kind of an interesting emotional gymnastics to do there because I think what I'm talking, I mean, some of the people I talk to sincerely feel, you know, un, unlistened to, unheard, and like they don't have any power. I think that's a real feeling for them, and that needs to be listened to. And at the same time, I wanted to say, and your position is controlling policy and has been for 100 years. Right. And so, you know feeling as if you don't have any power sometimes i think that does need to be challenged with like the facts of how power is being divided up and yeah. yes. i mean the truth of it is the livestock industry has an has an absolute line to the governor's office and to um, some of the heads of the department of interior and and they have a an oversight they have a way oversized impact on on policy right. yeah. but I think what's what's weird about it is because in the broader society, I mean, in we know, you know, there's I guess there's a little bit more of it now, but in generally on TV and stuff, there's not rural families, there's not ranching life. Like I think they feel disempowered and unseen because of some of that sort of stuff, and so yeah. it's like this weird thing where you can simultaneously feel kind of like the victim, and actually have way more power than a whole bunch of other yeah, yeah, people. Yeah. Oh, it's ins- well, I mean, fuck. Listen to the radio. Listen to conservative talk radio. And Sean Hannity at some point 
in the seven hours he's on the air every day, uh, will s- complain about the war on Christianity in yeah. America. Yeah. Which is like a mind-boggling idea yeah. that he could be the oppressed. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. That white Christian dude is oppressed. <laughs> it's insane. But that's the reality, like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. So that, like, it's small potatoes almost to me that, that these conversations about bison would be mm-hmm. equally absolute and... I don't know, like not a part of reality. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think what you just hit on is one of the most interesting things of this whole thing is that there is like a, like we're fetishizing victim, victimhood in the United States. And, and some of the people who are the most, um, you know, trumpeting the idea of, you know, you got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and that whole kind of ideology of like the Trumpeting self-made man. Has different meaning. Yeah, I know. Oh, Let's just edit oh, that out. Good. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they are some of the people that are most attached to the idea of, of this narrative of being victims. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, um, I think that's really, really frightening. Cause if you never, if you never have to look at the fact, it's just all about, things that are being done to me instead yeah. of having to feel like I have agency. I'm actually sometimes a perpetrator too, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's honestly the ultimate lack of responsibility taking and, and it's, and it's being, it's, it's, it's the, the anthem of a bunch of people who also think that they're the, the people that are all about taking responsibility. And it's like, no, you're not actually, you're just kind of like talking about how, what a victim you Total, are. Yeah. When it comes to like governance, that attitude is just worthless. Yeah. I mean, literally our government basically doesn't function as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and it's because most of the senators, when they get up and talk to each other, whine at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. They're grownups. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what people don't understand is, I think people on the right think that 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 it's only people on the left who are a bunch of whiners, and and I think there are plenty of whiners on the left, plenty. But uh, I just feel like no, there's a lot of whining happening on all sides here. It just it comes yeah. in a different language. Yeah, you know, no, totally. They're all whiners. They're all <laughs> fucking whiners. No doubt about it. Well, I'm glad we solved that problem. Yeah. Asked and answered. Yeah, wipe your hands clean of this 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 discussion of bipartisanship because it's no problem. Well, I wonder, do you guys think it's kind of built into this the story of America? Because I mean, like I mean, all these people came over from Europe in a way to escape oppression. Like is it is it just like who we're do we have to are we destined to be a nation of whiners? Because kind of. Yeah. I mean, like we we Ours is like pretty scummy as a country. Our history is pretty fucking scummy. Yeah. And like when we talk about the America dream, I mean, it's all it's all bad. Even the good stuff is bad stuff. <laughs> you know, like the pull yourself up by your bootstraps thing. Yes. You well, point- I mean, yeah, you were a slave. Right. First. Right. I mean, we. It's you didn't have just boots. like kind of every at all. You're just pulling up the bootstraps so you can step over people. Can I come <laughs> I, I mean, there's I a lot mean, of that. Sort of. There's a lot of that. That that American dream is based on I lack was, of care for your own for your own surroundings. Mm-hmm. I also though just started reading Howard Zinn's The History of the United States. Ah. Uh, yeah. I think that got banned recently, in, I can't remember. Was it Texas? Oh, I mean, it's somewhere. Like, it's yeah. like so brutal. Yeah. It's also so long. Holy yeah, shit. yeah, a lot of words. There's no way I'm dude, finishing. Dude this gets work. paid by the word. It well, seems like. Well, in every five pages, it's like I need to take a break. Yeah, yeah, this is dense. so depressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but that's definitely the mindset I'm in right now. That like every every part of this country is a lie. 
<laughs> where did you grow up and we should fuck we deserve what we're getting right now mm. that's how I feel also uh, I'm from New York City originally and then we lived in Connecticut New Hampshire how did you get west college university my studies my studies you your academic pursuits yes. <laughs> you grew up in Amy you grew up in rural Midwest right yeah good memory where Iowa Iowa Whoa! Um, I, I am a farm kid. So Iowa. that's so that's that's a big. I'm focused on. I've, I've heard <laughs> waiting for the. I've been through. Adjectives. I've been through the the <laughs> buffalo discussion for thirty years, like right because you grew up here. And so, uh, how I'm 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 constantly surprised on threshold by there is an unbias. There is like I listen to so many of those people talk before and read read some information and and there's such a huge writer left that how does like how did you growing up in rural midwest you have you have some sort of bias right you grew up in a thing that says farming is life Mm -hmm. these people matter Mm -hmm. everything outside of that doesn't matter and it's well, not, it's not about that last part. Well, and and how how and it's not about how did you escape that <laughs> in a way, because you I mean it's the same joke of like uh, racist grandmother like well she grew up that way mm-hmm. so that's excusable. How did you and and, or not, and, but, yeah. and and not and and not that I'm trying to make you more righteous because I feel that you are growing up in something like that. How did you come out of that to be pretty unbiased in the reporting like because you talk to people that resemble your upbringing absolutely constantly right? yeah yeah totally. like you talk to people Which i loved oh, of course well and that's why it's probably you were probably more well suited to do this was you can look at that person and empathize instantly as opposed to well i have to figure out where this rancher's coming from like, yeah, how, yeah. How, so how does and and you have a, an opinion about this as I assume every journalist or reporter has an opinion about a subject, mm-hmm. but how how did you? Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't force myself to. Oh, I'm going to make this person sound right hmm. when I believe they're wrong. Because hmm. that's that's an unbiased reporting is to make this person sound sane. <laughs> and like, and that's a weird that's a weird thing. And I know it's a big question too. Like you don't have to say, well, I did this. Step one. <laughs> no, but, it's a great it's a great question. I'm actually the main thing I'm taking from it is that you felt like the reporting was unbiased, which is really nice to hear. Oh yeah, I mean it's it. I, I learned more about the other position that I, I obviously could could theorize that they believed. Like I can I can hear their argument and say yeah that's that's valid. That's the way you were raised. That's the you're the fourth generation. Like you depend on this. Mm-hmm. So why would you? Why would you tweak it a little to like accept the other side? But I, but I'm, I'm curious on how how teeth gritting that is. Like how it's not at all. Oh, good. Because I, I <laughs> never mind. And <laughs> next, <laughs> I knew it. Because I don't think it is about like how do I make you sound right when I know you're wrong. Because I think that I don't know that they're wrong. Oh, I, well, it's their experience. Right? I mean, that's the nice thing about this sort of journalism is it's not like issue writing. You know, it's not like here are the pros and cons. It's like here's this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is their voice, and on radio, literally their voice. Yeah. Uh, 
and they can just tell their story. And it right or wrong doesn't is not even really a part of it mm-hmm. at that point. Cause yeah, that's yeah, it's their experience, right? I mean, I'm kind of hoping that by the end of the the series, that the listener, Do you know, who's right. <laughs> is this like cereal? <laughs> There's a hidden if you play it backwards. Um, no, I'm hoping that by the end of the season that listeners feel like they have a, a deep enough understanding of the different positions that they can decide for themselves what they think is right or wrong. But that's different than me saying like, well, I know what's right, but I'm going to go through this exercise of showing you these different things. But really, I know what's right. Um I mean, I think that's one of the cool things that I'm I, about journalism for me, and this might sound a little like something I don't know, woo woo or something. But I mean, it it honestly feels like a spiritual exercise, and I'm the least religious person I know. So let me just be very clear: not a religious exercise, but a spiritual exercise of um, of just really internally shedding shedding what I think I know, shedding um, what I expect. And kind of going into a conversation with as much of a beginner's mind as I can to yeah. be like, you tell me, you're you're the expert on your life, you're the expert on how things look to you, you know, um, and that doesn't mean that I vacate my brain and like that anything that they say that they make make an outlandish claim that I don't challenge that, yeah. but just the like starting from the position that that there's you know you're a human being you've got something, you've got a series of events and 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 beliefs that led you to this. And I actually sincerely want to understand it. And, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's the part of the process in a way that I just love the most. Cause it's like, I mean, you just get right in there with people and it's just like, you know, you don't have to do the normal bullshit, you know, superficial chit chat. It's just like, let's really be real. Yeah. And, and I think communicating and how you're asking questions and how you're listening to people that you actually do, just want to hear them that they they have something that's worth listening to is it's a it's a beautiful process no matter who it is i don't care if it was freaking vladimir putin that would be interesting to me there would be something going on there that has has energy to it and i would learn something yeah and maybe be it's like a willingness to be changed like sincerely willingness to be like I, you, you may have something that can change me instead of coming in with like, I'm going to take something from you so that I can go make a story that will change other people. Yeah. That's, that's not the way to go. I don't think. Did, were people ever, were people resistant to you when they're sort of on, let's say like the conservative end of the spectrum? Did, were they suspicious of your, uh, cause I experienced this reporting. Yeah. Uh, Are you a reporter? Where, I was. I didn't know that. And I would definitely... You know, like I, I wrote a story about guns, and I was in Great Falls at this shooting range, and none of the guys really wanted to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And, and like eventually, we sort of had a rapport, and they loosened up. And I remember like thinking to myself, "I fucking beat them." <laughs> <laughs> I, I tricked them. <laughs> I feel so pro right now. Spy, <laughs> such a sick move. Secret agent. Uh, <laughs> but how do you? I mean, I imagine people are are sometimes resistant or skeptical. Well, it's so it's so funny, you know, because in Montana, if for people who might listen to this who aren't in Montana, we all have numbers on our license plates that yeah. tell everybody where you're from. Not me. I got the American flag license plate. Oh, yeah. To avoid this very issue. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. The people would see the four and be like, oh, you're from Missoula, huh? Yeah. You know? um, but I, I just, I think there's so much that can be uh, kind of, 
I don't know what you call it, deflated there just with some humor and some self-deprecation, totally. you know, and just be like, yeah, you know, just like make a joke, like, would you like a latte or, you know, just something that says like, I know what your expectations are, um, but just trying to be real with people, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were some people when I was asking them things that would be like, well, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, mm. you know, and I, would, I just like, it's not about what I think. Like, it doesn't matter what I think, you know? And yeah. for some people that was easier to take in than others. But I think if they really push me, you know, my, my answer is like, do I have an opinion somewhere in here? Absolutely. Does, is it part of what the listeners want to hear? Yeah. No, I didn't drive out here, you know, nine hours to talk to you about what I think. Like, right. nobody cares. Like, it actually, I'm not going to pretend I don't have feelings and thoughts, but I am sincerely making an effort to know what you think. And most people would go with that. Um, I, had a, I had one time, so the American Prairie Reserve is... Uh, this, uh, you know, this could be the largest wildlife park in the lower 48 if it if it is fully comes to fruition. And I showed up in Malta, which is a little town that is right next to where it will be. And I just I knew that it was an unpopular idea there, but I I and I had interviews that scheduled and stuff. But I had a couple of hours to just kick around town, and I went into this clothing store and I asked this, um, you know, it was like literally like three two women working in the clothing store and me and uh you know it's just like classic small town little department-ish kind of store and i just the first woman i i saw i just said hey i'm, I'm a reporter i didn't have my sound gear on or anything because i knew it wouldn't work if i came in with this big microphone and i just said i'm a reporter i'm just trying to kind of get a sense of how people in malta are feeling about the american prairie reserve it was like, it was like someone, this very nice woman, middle-aged woman, just like somebody like flipped a switch and she was like, yeah. you know, and it was full on like, <laughs> who do you think you are? Why are you here? We don't want them here. I'll tell you. And, and it was just, I mean, she was so angry. I was literally, it was like one of those conversations where she was like waving her hands in my face and I was taking steps back, not because I was like actually afraid she was going to hit me, but because it was just so much energy to receive. And as I would take a step back, she would take a step forward. I was like, oh, whoa. It was intense. That's intense. It was super intense. But then I listened to her for a long time. And then finally, when I was a moment for me to talk, I said, I grew up in a town smaller than Malta. I grew up actually on a farm outside of a town smaller than Malta. That's a weapon you have. It is. To be it able is. To say that. I love. I love it. I love because it. so often the argument is you don't know what it's like. Right. Right. Oh, and that's I. So great. And I just Sweet said, weapon. you know, it, it's. I was in Iowa. We didn't have wild lands around us, so I'm not saying I totally 100% understand where you're coming from, but I do know what it's like to try to keep a small town alive. And I'm. Uh, and and I I just want you to know, like I'm not. I didn't ask you the question from a position of like, you should assume the APR is awesome. I actually want to know what you think. And her whole tone just like, it just like dropped by 200 degrees. She was still mad, but uh, she, she was suddenly like, she could talk to me. And, and also it it switched from anger to sadness, you know, just like tears, like fighting back tears, shaking, Mm. super intense. And, um, you know, those are really, those are, I think those are the kind of moments when people just like hear about an issue and it just seems like, why would you not want this wildlife park? You mm-hmm. know, um, that I, again, like I don't think every single thing she was saying was, was factual or even necessarily reasonable, but there's an emotional truth there for her that like, if you don't take a minute to actually tune into that, we're just not going to get anywhere. Totally. You know? yeah. Uh, and also not run away when confronted with it, because I would have been out of there. Yeah. It was a Literally little intimidating. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
like another customer came in the store and kind of saw us and was like, I'm going to walk over here. <laughs> suddenly interested in the pantyhose. Uh, so where are you going to land after your next Did I just kick you? Sorry. Journey. No. Um, well, I'm leaving my stuff in Boulder. Um, you're going to move to Boulder. No. That's where shit like this happens. No. You're, you're a Boulder person. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I'm leaving my stuff there mainly because it's so much cheaper to fly out of Denver and also because I don't really have time to drive back up and leave everything and then go. But um, so, and I have some amazing interns in Boulder who will be there again in the fall. So I might hang out for a couple months when I get back. Um, but then I'm coming back to Montana. I mean, it's, it is the best state. No, just, that's pretty it's great. Pretty we awesome. just all agree on yeah, that. I like yeah, it. I like it. <laughs> We're still here. It's, it's going to be fine. It's going to slowly become. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you know where that was. Yeah, so where you know where that was going to go. Uh, uh, are you playing music at all? Not. Doesn't fit. right Just now. for myself. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Oh no, we shouldn't ask about that on the radio. I'll ask, or the whatever this is. Gone up uh, considerably. <laughs> oh yeah, the popularity of Threshold has made season two much right. more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I want to talk about it on the radio because this is a contract. No, well, no, it's actually right you're, the thing I was going to ask you about has nothing to do with what you. It's not that. Oh. You were wondering I'll if you ask. could borrow his equipment. <laughs> now you have to, to record no, your own score. No, you can't borrow song. anything. Well, now, um, we, now we have to talk about it. Go no, ahead. we can. No, we'll talk about no, that later. But what we <laughs> what we should talk about is the uh, the old time social that's about to happen, or oh, is in yeah. fact starting. Yeah, this is going to air the day after. This is gonna air on Monday, so it was awesome. Did you not have the best time? <laughs> oh, I didn't get it. I was like, wait, it already happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. We're we, talking to our future selves, we, Jamie. We filmed the late night TV show at three o'clock. No, uh, uh, that will have happened already. We Are did, you excited we about didn't it? We didn't get to report on it. I am super excited about it. Uh, it's it like specifically our mutual friend Shell. Uh, Shell Karcher, has, badass extraordinaire. Oh, she's put way too much effort into it uh and i say that as as the outsider looking at obviously something that she's extremely passionate about and wants to make happen she's a hard worker man made it happen Mm -hmm. and she's fucking crazy it takes someone like that to make something happen though and uh and and the pride brims and 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 brian herbal's uh participation in planning as well is so extreme because he's this is his thing this Mm -hmm. is their thing like uh, we just played a gig, uh, the Beat Tops played a gig, a listening room, which is weird because it's not listening music, it's dance music, like it's it's not something you look at, but we did and, and it was enjoyable and they were all telling the story, the four of them were all telling the story of uh, where they go to Weezer, which is right. a... Uh, uh, Pickin', Pickin' Circle? Yeah, Pickin but, but weekend like a, madness. But a thousand Pickin people. Circle somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Idaho. And the... Uh, they were all talking about how, like, they go there. This is what they do. They they do this. Uh, this is where we met at Weezer. This is the thing, and it's just such a huge community that, for them, for Shell and Herb and others, to bring a second of that community mm-hmm. and then mash it into uh, two evenings in a day in Missoula is such a big deal, and I assume it's going to go over huge. I think it's going to go over huge. Do, and you, I, um, yeah. do you think Herbal, is he going to be like full-on Renaissance Fair style, immersive? Let's hope. Like, That's why he always is. is mm-hmm. he, like pantaloons? Yeah, like mm-hmm. he's going to ride a donkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I need to ride Herbal oh, on a donkey in my awesome. life. 
cart, the cart with the hay spilling out of it. Uh, <laughs> get yes. some, some, some salted meat out of his pocket. Have a he, pay, snack. he does only pay in gold. This is kind of his thing, his little leather bag of gold. I'm just fucking uh, a gr- big grin on his face the whole time. <laughs> Straw coming out of the mouth. Oh, yes. I would love that. A, I would, yeah. a seven foot pipe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really long. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I assume it's going to go over huge. My participation, because I'm uh, the, the guy who says, yeah, that sounds great. Tell me when it is, what I have to do. Look, I didn't have to participate up until the actual things, which is When so does it start? Tonight? To yeah. Starts tonight. Are there, you playing tonight? I'm playing tonight. We're having the old time jam at Montgomery, and then there'll be a family friendly on Friday with a different band, and then there'll be a whole series of events on Saturday. Or there was a whole series of events on Saturday. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, Are you a square dancer? I have only been to square dances because of Shell. Oh. Shell like got me like she was like, You gotta come, you gotta and it was ridiculously fun. Really? Have you gone? No. It's like it's you you think it's gonna be dorky and not fun and it is no. it is dorky and fun. I think it's gonna be dorky and fun. It's We've, ridiculously fun. We've yeah. talked about it on the podcast a couple of times because of my participation is weird. Like, what are you doing there? What are you... Travis is there? I love that. Well, I know. And it's always a surprise for most people still. And it's a surprise that I'm still there. But I explained it the same way. Uh, It started as, oh, these are four people that I would hang out with if I wasn't so busy. And also, like, oh, I'd get a beer with these people. But I'd cancel on them the day before. Because... (laughs) Just to clarify. Just who I am. Like (laughs) I would uh, tease them with my... I don't want to go get a... I don't want to do that. i got to do this other thing. I don't want to go do that. I just want to watch TV. But... um, (sighs) So I, I get the opportunity in the very beginning to hang out with these four people. And the way square dances work, you play a song for 10 minutes, and then you're hanging out for five, 10 minutes talking. Right. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And I'm around these amazing people that I wouldn't be around otherwise. Then when, as the top hat dances specifically gained a little bit of popularity, I'm sitting in a room of laughing, giggling like energetic like the energy yeah. is so extreme that I show up grumpy but I leave elated because of like oh, yeah I'm just around it and it makes you and so that's the way I always explain it to people like you don't have to dance mm-hmm. if you want to come and sit and just watch the spectacle you will be blown you'll away yeah you'll yeah, get like literally osmosis happiness oh. I think we need to have the Trump in the entire cabinet square <laughs> dancing on a weekly basis Great. I mean the country would no, be better let's, let's not ruin it let's <laughs> uh, not ruin square dancing yeah, for everyone yeah come on I suddenly am like if I don't pee right now oh you gotta oh. Yeah. where's the bathroom uh it's right just yeah, yeah. just keep going over there <laughs> it's now on it's the, just us it's on the third level um so, Amy, oof. I think it's gone pretty good. <laughs> We're gonna have to tweak some stuff. Uh, I think it's going pretty good. Well, I know she's gonna want to use a lot of this for her own podcast, so we'll. Do you think she's gonna ask us not to release this? It's five hundred dollars a minute. No, she's. I, I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna say, "This is what finally. Thank God you guys had me on, because now you guys will go huge, huge. go viral, as they say, in the biz. Viral. Viral." Um, oh, I'm even... so tired. <laughs> it's an intense subject. This is an intense. We've never been in this kind of territory. We've never had a guest pee. Well, thank God it happens. Because it's really bad for your kidneys. 
I know. I actually I peed like five minutes ago. I had to pee. I had to go do it. We're drinking a pot of coffee. We have to go do it. Why do you drink so much coffee on this podcast? I don't know. I'm shaking right now. I don't even shaking right now. It feels no. I love it. I love this feeling. Sweating and I'm cold. I love this feeling. Oh, we went to China Buffet yesterday. Oh, she's back. Best thing about the house: Jesse Ventura coffee mug. Yeah. What? I bought that during his uh, tenure in the Minneapolis airport. This is that's your mug. Yeah. You don't live here, do you? Yeah. Oh, see. The confu- oh, you think I live here? The confusion is, That's Jamie owns this house. They live next door. I oh, I was like, why would you have your mom at you Jamie's not, house? Did you not see my studio as you walked through the house? I didn't walk through the house. I just walked into the store and came to this table. She no, no, right, uh, did not look at anything look at the, the way nice. you're supposed to be in someone else's house. See, I forced Bridget. <laughs> I forced Bridget to live in a recording studio. So you know what will that. Okay. Congratulations on not investigating my house because I love to stare into people's houses. And well, I mean, I would out. have, but uh, yeah, it's not like I'm above it. It's no, just no, that no. you led me here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I keep the kitchen clean. I on love it. Purpose. That, I love it that you're like I forced Bridget to live in a music studio because it completely. You know my whole narrative about Bridget and my I, she the, has a, the long-suffering Bridget, which is not true. <laughs> It's not true, and yet it's funny. Bridget suffers. I I somehow came up with like Bridget needed a tagline for when when she and Travis were getting really serious. uh, That I I told her that her name should be the Long Suffering Bridget. I get it. (laughs) Yes, it's true. It's not true. I'm sure you're you're an absolutely wonderful boyfriend. The house studio was not my idea. It's obviously a. Everybody always says that. Oh, you're so lucky. Be like, well. Wait a second. This is like a give and take. <laughs> this is a give and take. Uh, she's excited that I'm excited, and the whole thing works really well. She's not. You she's do not, seem amazing. She's it's not, just. It's she's just, not mad. There's not a couch and a TV. Like she's not. She's okay with that part. It's just um, you know when you look at your two personality types, like Bridget is. It just seems like eminently flexible. Oh, she is so sweet. Which and it, you're kind of like it's gotta be this way. Well, in some ways, she is with me. Yes, it's total flexibility. Uh, when in reality, she's one of the least flexible people like it's so ingrained in the way things should be and, oh and really thing. yeah and so that's where we do work is there is a constant like what are you talking about mm. no we're not gonna have a living room we're in a studio <laughs> but it didn't happen that way it happened with we should go we should get somewhere bigger so you can have a studio oh <laughs> i can't believe it. yes yes we should do that because we're tired of moving the bed out of the way to set up drums to record yeah that's tired annoying that were thing. you just being bridget or yourself both himself Oh, we are, one, being we are one. We're, we're <laughs> Bridvis. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> <Trav> healthy. <get. laughs> uh, so this is a duplex. No. I thought you lived here. Second no. house. There's a whole other house next door. Oh, yeah. You're on a farm right now. oh you're yeah. Well, I knew that's what fun- you guys were doing now. Farm. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably there's at least three hundred dollars worth of product on this property. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the irony is that of you thinking they live here is they should live here. This is the, the nicer house. Yeah, this uh, is a way nicer. This house is great. I see. It's like climate controlled. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Everything works. <laughs> so yes, the irony is fun. There's a new fucking sore line. Oh, it's mm. good. Have you ever had that happen? Good. Have you ever had to replace the sore line? Have you ever had to hire someone to replace the sore line? Uh uh-uh. uh. It's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I bet. Oh, Sounds like good times. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But now he doesn't even live next door anymore, which is a disappointing thing. We live for in me. Potomac now. What? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome. So it's the coolest. this double- house is just like a workhouse. Yes. Oh, okay. It's where I keep my work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love Potomac. That's amazing. Potomac is pretty magic. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. They've we doubled love it up there. They've doubled down on farm life. Yeah. 
I'm so jealous. It's pretty cool. I kind of want that. It's awesome. You can have well, that. You're going to have it. You're going to go do some stuff and come get it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It might be your neighbor. Oh, no, wait, not mine. Oh. No, not yours. Oh, my it's just, it's really awesome. You can live on a farm. We live on a farm. It's kind of exciting. Yeah. It is really exciting to open up your window to uh, ripening tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen, that door right there is to the grow room. So if then the darkest of horrible winter, you can literally go lay in a green room wow. full of light. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's the farm good. life is pretty good for us. We miss the chickens. We don't have chickens right now. I'm just like, there's so many songs queuing up in my head. As soon as said the farm life is like so much. Oh, that so can, amazing. We can. That's what our band can. do. are you guys in a band? Yes. I'm yeah. so out of it. Uh, Jamie and I met through playing in the Bowie Project, Glass Spiders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jamie is currently playing drums for Tom Catmull, and I'm playing bass for Tom Catmull. Oh. Cool. Yeah, we are yeah. Tom Catmull's last resort, so as, cool. as it's called. Now. Oh, your last resort. Okay, yes. I knew you were. I didn't understand you were. Yeah, right. you get the joke. Like, wow, like, this is Tom Catmull's last. This resort. is it. Yeah, I. It seems. I don't know. What, what, how could someone not get that joke? I think they can find a way. <laughs> well, <it's>, <laughs> the vacation's almost over. Did he? The question is though. Did he name you guys that, or did you name yourselves that? I think I maybe thought of that. I think you did. Yeah. And I never actually. I like to think that I usually am the guy that thought of the good band name. Yeah. Like I hear your girlfriend. That was a good band name. But now people are trying to steal credit for that. Oh. And I. But thanks for giving me the last resort. I thought that was pretty solid. And also like like audience appropriate. Yeah, you know? it's amazing. Which I thought was really good. Um, we also uh, we play in the Bob Seger Project, Close but no Seger, which. <laughs> We're really into tribute bands. Which is playing... Uh, funny band names. Which we're on May 5th at the Iron Horse. Oh. Seeger de Mayo. Uh, how, many shows, how many shows have you gotten to play in the Iron Horse parking lot? Um, not nearly enough. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, that's... Hollow ground. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, have you guys already... I, I probably should go pretty soon, but I just have to ask... Um, no, well, uh, sorry, Amy, I'm going to have to cut you short. We're going to have to wrap <laughs> this up shortly, but finish that thought. Because I, I have to do a bunch of shit and then get on a plane. Um, oh. So... Uh, uh, but I do. I'm curious. What's your take on the whole Merc situation? Pave the Merc was my argument. Oh, Merc! I thought you just said Mark in the funniest voice. <laughs> uh, the Merc. Um, I love Travis, Mark. Travis has a more evolved. I participated opinion. in the argument for a while. Yeah. Um, I was for. I'm for both. Uh, when it was being decided, I'm for both. But it's it's money. Is, You're for when, when you say both. I'm for I haven't been here. preservation and for paving. Gosh. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> That's I, hard saving, to do both. Saving or paving. I, I'm for both. You want to save the parking lot behind it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really nice. Uh, Who wants to save the sewer line? Uh, it's really sad. Uh, I, I understand. Uh, Herb had a great uh, comment about it because obviously he wants to save as the archaeologist. Uh, he had a great comment about it. Was this is a moment where we can look back. This is a, one of those moments where it'll be in a textbook, not literally or maybe literally, but this is a moment in history where a decision was made that will affect us in mm-hmm. some way. And, uh, and I, I agree, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for progress. But yeah, I love an old building. I, I'm, I'm not against it. I just mm-hmm. There was the argument of how much money it was going to take was so brutal mm-hmm. that and the, and it was being ignored so hard of mm-hmm. like just the little thing like uh, it's three million for mitigation of the asbestos and then everybody would say well that's only three million and be like no it's three million every time they change something 
Oh. Like you have to mitigate it every time. Uh-huh. So that argument was like alone. That's a huge number. Like it's a big number. And everybody's idea of everybody's community ideas came down to, well, you gotta have money. We have to have money to do that idea. Mm-hmm. Turn it into this. Okay, we've got to have money to turn it into that. Mm-hmm. Do you have the money? Mm-hmm. Do you have the plan? So it, it still co- progress comes to us. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is the emotional value of, of that building is huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I will never deny that, but it's uh, uh, emotional currency can only go so far with progress. And I'm not arguing for progress in that way, but there's just that's it seems like. Uh, and that same argument of extreme left and extreme right, the middle was the middle was tear it down for mm-hmm. me. That is the compromise, like because of this one's so extreme. Let's make it into a farmers market, okay? That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money it's to also make that happen. A huge farmers market. It's a gigantic <laughs> farmers market. We'll put offices in it. We'll do this. We'll do this. Okay, that's a great idea. That's the extreme left. And then the extreme right was tear it down and put a hotel in there. I'm like, oh, Which is well. what's happening, right? Totally. And, and that's because the hotel, that industry, that business has a checkbook mm-hmm. that says, well, we'll do it. So what's the middle then? I think the middle, the middle was kind of, in the end, the, the community people still want something downtown that brings in money. And that's the part I agree with. I don't want an empty space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, it, I think that, everybody can get behind that. That is urban. Mm-hmm. Like, a green space is fine. Well, we have an amazing green space 100 feet away mm-hmm. in Karis Park. So, yes, a green space is not a was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, money is the only... If you want progress, the middle ground was something that brings in business. So you think... I guess I'm still confused on... So the middle ground is what's happening? Or? I think so. I think that... Because... Local businesses don't, uh, I know most of them didn't want to say, well, we'd like a hotel that's walking traffic. That'll increase everything. But they don't want to say that because they're are a local we, business. Are we going to be able to fill a hotel? Like, I mean, oh, I yeah, like they're, they're still, so build, they're still to, building them. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it, it, I mean that. yeah, our hotels are, in the summertime, are booked and expensive. It's hard to book a room. Really? Yeah. Huh? Well, well, you think of... Every weekend, we have an influx of 20,000 people. With beer drinkers. For uh, Grizz Games. Brewfest. And, 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 Do you know how many Brewfests are in Missoula now? I don't. And it's okay to roll your eyes. 700. I don't, no, I don't, I don't mind the, the Brewfest. It was the, it was no, the, the football. No, 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 no. And, I, and I'm 100% against uh, the, the gladiator notion of the NCAA. Uh, rich white people watching black gladiators. Oh, I, wow. I, you I, have time to get into this, Amy? No. Wow. I, and, but, but... <laughs> But the idea... I'm just going to sit here and watch this unfold. But the horrible idea of... uh, That horrible idea is still um, 100 or so rooms filled with people that will, chances are, walk to Mm -hmm. the Hunter's Bay that's right there. Or walk... and, and, And that that's good for local business. That's a good thing. Well, Absolutely. it's a Hilton, yeah. right? Or what is it? Marriott or something. I don't know. I mean, those Does it people matter? That aren't yeah. going to put a hotel somewhere where it's not going to... Make, make you know? money. Yeah. They probably fucking know exactly how much money they're going to make in their first year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I love historic buildings. I feel like the... And I feel like one of the cool things about... Well, I was going to say one of the cool things about Missoula is some of its historic buildings, but honestly, Missoula's architecture, like, go to Helena and it's like, oh, yeah, we suck. Like, oh, you know? oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so we're, in that way, I guess it's almost more of an argument for it because we haven't done a very good job of preserving. Yeah. Um, but I, I also totally agree. I mean, you can't, you, you can be really, really for something and 
you know, it's just like, it's just like at a meeting when, when somebody's got a whole bunch of great ideas that they're not going to execute. It's like, well, you know what? That's not actually worth that much. Totally. Like if you don't have a plan yeah. for, or, or it's impossible to execute, but, um, it's unfortunate. It's, a, I, I guess it seems like it comes down to like Missoula and Montana in general just is not a place where there's a ton of money. So if it was say in a boulder where you could have just like a couple of, you know, rich, you know, Silicon Valley people who spend the summer there be like, we'll just bankroll this. Yeah. Then it would probably be totally worth it. But I think you have to ask like, well, what if we were to spend $3 million on remediating asbestos every time, every time yeah. what, um, what else are we not doing in order to make that happen? I mean, that's what it would come down to. And yeah. you know, like the Boulder dude, the, those dudes renovating it, it's it's not going to be the Merc anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's going to look like a Marriott, right? Basically, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's just nobody had a better idea. Yeah, yeah, we're saving the outside shell was still what it came down to. We're mm-hmm. saving the facade. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And oh, well, really? no, I mean, like, no, no, I mean, that's what it came down to. Of like, people want whatever it. we're gonna do to it, we still have to completely change it. Didn't they yeah. put an ice ring? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> uh, Paradigm, Paradigm wrote up, uh, wrote up a plan for the ice rink, which again. Inspiration is fine. Yeah. Inspiration. Laser tag is better. <laughs> that's what I say. Inspiration is fine. Laser, laser tag, tag is, is better. better. Yeah, that's, Obviously. that's the tagline of your podcast. Hashtag laser tag. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, Travis. I no, no, no. Uh, it's the same argument. It's nothing to get into now because the argument's now been decided. Right. Um, how do I feel about it? Totally sad. It, anytime a bulldozer comes in to remove something that we all have a connection with, mm-hmm. even though like... The last ten years, well, the last five years, it was empty. And, it was Macy's, and ten years before that, it was it was Macy's and a bond. It was a department store. I get that we're 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 we we've only ever been worried. <laughs> what a weird. Story. It really makes you sad. Well, it makes me sad. Like it's historical. I, I the archaeological side of it, yeah. like oh, this has been there for so long. Yeah. But then again, the argument of. When they changed the Florence building in the 60s, everybody said, boo, we can't change that, we can't change that. But we look at it now, it's a part of something. We would never change it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't touch the Florence building. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the original Florence building. That's That was changed at some point as well. Right. I so, think that's the sad, that, like, to me that's the sad thing is like, it'd be just so, even if it would completely morphed into something different, just to have that connective thread. But I mean, that, there's some places where that's not practical and this totally. may have been one of them. And I mean, say, I think about the Emerson and Bozeman. Totally. Like that's yes. what, that's what I would have loved them right. to be. You but know? it is like, I think in the broad picture, like a privileged perspective. It's absolutely, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, sucks, the, and when there's like, you know, we've got homeless people and we've got you know people overdosing on heroin and we've got so many other things you know the all the domestic violence problems like okay where do we want to put our money as a community yeah do we come up with 40 million dollars to save a building Mm -hmm. or do we come up with 40 million dollars to dump into humanity yeah Yeah. right Mm -hmm. and we need to get property taxes up enough downtown that no one can live there and no one can can own a store there right well how many (laughs) of the the stores downtown are actually profitable is another question in terms of like, I've heard so many people say like, yeah, half of them are just like hobby businesses of rich people. Like I, I don't yeah, know. Well, who the fuck wants to have a profitable business? It's an unofficial nonprofit. Are you talking about like accumulating wealth? <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. I ass- America. I assume with a Good like point. three to $4,000 a month rent, for a right? small space yeah. downtown, it's it's already hard enough. Yeah, I mean, you have to sell a lot of earrings. Yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> a lot of them, <laughs> and, and a lot of cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like that is a like an intense. It, like we we investigated opening up a coffee shop downtown 14, 15 years ago, 
And the first thing the bank asked us was, how many espresso machines are there within 10 blocks of where you want to open up your shop? And at that time, there was that boom where everybody just put one in their counter. Uh-huh. It wasn't even a coffee shop. And, and like we counted, there were like 30 espresso machines within 10 blocks. And we're like, oh, so the demand is not there. Uh-huh. And, everybody, and then everybody, like the other side of it was, well, there's 30. That means 31 can fit. You know, if they're mm. so excited about it, be like, no. We're right in the middle of this trend. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh, good, because the bottom's going to fall out of it. Because you look at it now, there's even the drop from 30 to 20 is huge. Hmm. A third of them are gone, even though most of them weren't coffee shops. It was just a thing. But looking at that, and then as rent exploded, hmm. oh, we're revitalizing downtown. Great. Great. Except for rent just doubled because mm-hmm. it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But then you talk to a business that is a block off of Higgins, and they'll tell you the complete opposite. Right. The complete opposite. Like, oh, it's impossible to do business here. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. An influx of people on the weekends. We have a huge tourism thing. And I, my argument was, if you if you go to Seattle and you want to stay in a hotel, do you stay by the airport? Right. Or do you stay at the Moor? Like, downtown, you know, four blocks from Pike's Place. You stay downtown. Mm-hmm. So if you came to Missoula and you wanted to experience Missoula, mm-hmm. there's no actual hotel downtown. Hmm. So I, I, I'm Thunderbird. kind of for it. <laughs> we were talking about that this morning. Uh, uh, Thunderbird, uh, the the double tree, but they're not right there. Yeah. Like you think about that. I I, I know it, I know the walking traffic from uh, Holiday Inn is probably great. Mm-hmm. Holiday Inn is indisputably downtown. Just totally. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was thinking, and and so well, I kind of think the Double Tree is too. I guess, or it's it's downtown. Just enough. Yeah, yeah, it's just across. I mean, if you can't walk from the Double Tree well, to Higgins no, Avenue, don't come. But to then, Missoula. well, but then you have think you of, seen a lot of people come fly fishing here. Yeah, I was gonna say. You think about those people. <laughs> they just have to float. Have if to you float tell some, if you tell somebody that the hotel is literally on Higgins. Yeah, it. it I, it'd be I, a completely I different story. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, I don't want to see a dumb hotel go in. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the worst of all worlds either. Yeah, at least it's not a free my, bank. My, uh, yeah, with a, fuck, with, man. Why don't another bank? At a at a table of working musicians, I will say the first thing in my mind was, oh, there'll be a bar with a with a corner for music. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll, take, I'll I hope, take that gig. I hope so. Yeah, Brooks and Browns can only Put get us in. so far. I remember, I remember thinking that when they were talking about the Bitterroot Resort, I was like, oh, there'll probably be like three or four gigs up there. I don't know. I think we should put that in. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta make that money. I don't know. They'll probably have a Tuesday gig. That sounds great. No, so I, I did think that, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a city planner. Like I look at. Don't that. make me into a city planner, Amy Martin. <laughs> well, no, and like I want to be though. I want to have that knowledge. I want to mm-hmm. be like the expert and be like, no, you shouldn't put in a hotel. You should put in a. They should rebuild it into a Macy's. And like I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, so. I guess between Macy's and hotel, I'm not like deeply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more just yeah. to me of like a matter of yeah. Just yeah. I just want us to not completely obliterate our past, but we do don't. you feel like Travis answered your question? I think he more than answered. The Holy question. shit! <laughs> Holy shit! Well, and, and that's our trend. I was the... actually meaning to ask what you thought too, but now I'm a little frightened. <laughs> no, 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 James. I uh, will miss my plane. We have the we have a trend in the podcast where we start drinking the first cup of coffee when we hit record. And then we have finished the pot by the time we get to the end and I and I start to actually talk. I feel sick and Travis starts talking. Gotcha. 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 Um, Amy, thank you so much for coming. This was so fun. Was really fun. I'm super honored. And say hi to Carly and uh, tell her I'm like, feel a little starstruck that I got to hang out with her husband. Aww. Not because you're famous, but because she is. I got it. I understood. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank God just to you make married it her. Uber clear. I, I get it. I, get I mean, it. seriously, uh, like Carly is Carly's kind of a superstar in my world. She's a superstar in my world too. Yeah, she is. I remember going to get my haircut by her when she when she wasn't dating you, and I think she'd maybe broken up with somebody else or something, and we were talking about that. And then the next time, who I don't know, some <laughs> asshole. <laughs> she ever dated anybody else? Um, and then the next time. Uh, I got my hair cut. She said something about, yeah, it's, somebody, it's something. I don't know. It's kind of something. And That's I was what like, she would say, oh. too. That's what she would say. I could see her face. And then um, and then the next time, because I am horrible at getting my hair cut. I mean, this was, there were like many months in between these. I'm not like the every six weeks kind of person. She was like, yeah, we got married. Nice. <laughs> That's kind of how it went. Aww. I was like, good for you. And she, she was all kind of, she was like, you know, she's such a cool girl. Yeah. But you could tell, like, in inside the cool girl was some like giddy girl totally it's just pretty stuff yeah like uh the normal like sort of traditional excitements about a wedding yeah carly like really struggled with sometimes yeah or, i well i mean she's seen so many of them yeah oh yeah and yeah. like the worst parts of them yeah really the worst parts of yeah them. people being complete fuck ridiculous so now she has flowers for them <laughs> still in perfect still in don't you feel like that as a musician too I remember after having played and sung in I don't know like 20 people's weddings that I was just like 307 uh, I, yeah I was gonna say I mean I've, I've I could plan a wedding I could plan the greatest wedding in history doesn't if it I, change if I your, didn't hate them doesn't it change your whole experience of it it's just like I can't I. it's just like I've been to three as a guest, and the and most three hundred as a musician. Three over three hundred. Uh, the uh, third one that I went to as a guest, I was like, "Oh, well, really could have really really could have done that arch a little better." <laughs> Come on, oh, this cake is horrible. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't even imagine. And that's like when I look at Bridget and think, "Well, this is inevitable. We'll do this," and that sounds like a great idea, but we don't have to do like. A wedding, right? Because that's my that's a part of my life that I kind of that avoid. That is impossible for me to imagine. Like you like giving a speech at your wedding. Oh, it sounds horrible. I've seen all the speeches. I've seen the speeches that made me cringe. Mm-hmm. I've seen the speeches that were like, oh, I am crying so hard and I don't even know these people's names. Mm-hmm. Wow, this crying. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but then I've also but then I've looked at them the the all the middle weddings where I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's a wedding. Yeah, sure. Oh, this is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me, I gotta load my gear. Like you're in my actually, way right now. I can actually see you at your own wedding, I just have to say. Sure. It, despite all of that, I can because you do have that that oh, vulnerable side. Sure. And because you're obviously gaga in love with Bridget. Yeah. I think you should ask her to marry you tonight. Get, <laughs> yeah. Get off the pot or Get off you know, the podcast. Get off the podcast. Oh. I mean, she no. is such a catch. Yeah. Luckily, let's 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 let's, let's break this down for? here in my last few minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Why are you not well, doing this? And I, I do not like. You the, are going to lose her. I do not like the dichotomy that do it's not all right that now. it's all yeah. my responsibility. What are you <laughs> we waiting are, for? We are a partnership that has agreed that. It yeah, but you have horrible. to. Ask. Oh, that is some bullshit millennial nonsense. Yeah, totally. You need to ask. We are a fucking partnership. That what did you just say? Yeah, that's like I'm not taking responsibility or leadership. She does. No, she does. Fact. She does. I don't. I haven't talked to Bridget in like a year, and I she does. No, and when I ever got, (laughs) I would would love. I would love if she was actually here because it's not like she would be a deer in the headlight about it either. She'd tell you the reason. Step one, step two, step three of why it's not a good idea. And I would look at her and say, "Liar." Uh, (laughs) That's what I would do. 
the no, truth I'm is, not against it. I'm just against the actual the actual day. Well then, if the you're not against you're not it, why are you not asking her? Well, and and we've we've decided. Well, dude, I, I've decided. Maybe you've met your match. According to the <laughs> according to the ENTJ that I am, uh, I have decided what the wedding is. <laughs> and Bridget and I have talked about it many times, and I've already found out some logistics. It is uh, China Buffet on a Thursday. You can rent it out from uh, seven to close for like a thousand bucks, and they just serve whatever you want. You can bring in liquor. Uh, if you have, so, if you get the license, and you can, uh, you can bring a band in. Nice. They'll oh, shut it down. Really? And uh, the court. Oh. So the courthouse at like Why six are they o'clock. On Thursdays. Well, like the weekend would be more expensive. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Hey. I mean, I'm not going to spring hey. for a Saturday Plus, night. Also, no, no one at the wedding will have a real job. Plus, so really <laughs> most of my gigs are on the weekend. I can't miss a gig for a wedding. I might have to play a wedding. Well, you got to pay for that wedding. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Listen, somebody else's listen. wedding. Uh, so, you should so ask her like courthouse at. Six. Also, China Buffet at seven. That sounds really. Fun. Have Colin Hickey DJ. Who, oh, so you're gonna nice. have a DJ. It's gonna be great. Well, because it's a great room. Because there's no good bands. It's a great room. <laughs> there's no good bands. Uh, well, I can't play. It, I hate so. bands at weddings, personally. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a. That is a, that is a fine line to walk. I will argue with a bride first. When I get the wedding email, that's or the the. I will argue first for. Are you sure you don't want a DJ? Not that because I'm going to sell myself as a DJ, but like, mm-hmm. are you sure? Yeah, because because we're not going to play gonna say this, all night long. I'm going to say this one time. It's not about you. <laughs> I know you love this band. I know you love the band, but you might be the only one in the room that loves that band, and then you have a pretty bummer of a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and like so, this instrument can't make R. Kelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Well, and that's the joke. And it, you're all gonna fucking ask for it. Yeah, in three hours. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. So uh, I will argue against it, and I'll argue against weddings in a gen- in a general sense as well. I I can su- completely support <laughs> arguing against weddings, but I will definitely argue for. I'm better not, ask Bridget's marriage. I'm not arguing against marriage at all. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, if you take away religion and you take away mm-hmm. uh, all that, I think it's an amazing tradition. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know, it's a piece of paper. TikTok. You gotta go. You gotta go, lady. Yeah, I gotta go. This was so fun. Thank and you, Amy. Possibly worth missing my flight for. Awesome. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. No, Thank it's you. not. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, everyone, Bye. for listening.